Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Security and Secure, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security and Secure whilst you're listening and leave a five-star rating and a review. Now let me tell you about my guest today. Today is a racing driver and owner of Repromo Natural Supplements. However, since last year, he's become an influencer and global Netflix star as well. Starting on Too Hot to Handle Season 4 on Netflix as the male representative for the UK, he made it to the final alongside Kayla, where they just missed out on being crowned the winners of the show. Now, obviously, this is no surprise if you've watched the show because of all the rules they broke. And so to tell me more about and how his journey has basically continued since filming this show, I'm delighted to welcome to Sikinska. It's Seb Melrose. Hello, Seb. Hey, thanks. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you doing, more importantly? Yeah, that was a cool intro, man. That's one of the most impressive intros I've had. Oh, stop it. You said it. I feel like I need to get the boxing gloves on now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you finding it all? Because for those that don't know, you filmed this a long time ago, and it's funny because now we're obviously all watching Drop to Handle, and it's something that we all binge. We're all watching it at different times. And so you've had a year of going back to your normal life, and then to come back and go, right, I'm Seb, and I'm single, and I'm about to meet this girl called Kayla. And now I'm with Kayla, and now the show's ended, and I'm having to talk about wild love, which is what you thought you were going through. And it's like, that was so last year. Yeah. It's, uh, you know what, right? It's a bit of a blessing get being able to have that that opportunity to go back to your normal life after such a, a surreal experience. What a lot of people don't realise is how difficult television actually is. And, you know, obviously we'll touch on it, but how how demanding it is on your mental health. So it was nice to have that option, right? Okay, so we've done this amazing thing on camera. Everything's centre of attention. Everything's done for us. And then you go back and you're right back to square one again. But there's kind of, there's a nice feeling about that. It allows you to regroup and recenter yourself. And it gives you the ability to think about, right, okay, what have I just done? And what's coming? And I feel like we've had a lot of help. And no matter how many questions you ask to prepare yourself, you'll never fully be prepared. I think that's what life's about, you know, of just throwing yourself into the deep end and just figuring it out as it goes. That's interesting because some people are massive planners and procrastinators and people who think, you know, 10 years ahead of I have to be doing it now, whereas you're very much in the moment and I will go with the flow. 
But mentally, that must be quite scary for you as well. You know, you've had this career as a racing driver. You've had to get to that level. And yet you've started again from scratch as this influencer, as this TV star. And yet you can't predict the future. Whereas you always knew, I might want to be like Vettel. I want to be like Hamilton. And you've always been geared up towards that uh, prior to the show. Yeah, well, that's it. So you can have your, you can have what you think is going to happen, right? In your head. And you can plan towards that. But the actual journey is going to be far different to what you've planned. Unless you're incredible at manifesting and it's gone exactly as planned. But I guarantee you, nobody's success story or nobody's story in general, whether it's failure or success, then it's never going to go fully as planned. Never. Well, let's talk about your plan and where you saw yourself going. Let's go back to the beginning of you. Your, your mum's called Janice and your dad's called Stuart. How did yeah. they meet? Because they're not both from the same place, are they? No, they aren't. So it's... This was a, a very big factor to Kayla and I. But anyway, my dad, he started off with uh, international truck training, had a business that was global, and that's how he met my mum. So my mum's mum, so my grandmother, my abuela that I call her, she was the agent between the buyer and the seller. So my dad was the seller, and his client in El Salvador was the buyer. And anyway, my dad's client was my gran at the time. So he went over to El Salvador. My dad could speak Spanish. I think it's because of a previous girlfriend they had before my mum who was Spanish and that's how he learned to be fluent. My mum's going to kill me when she hears that. By the way. So is my dad probably. So that's how they met. My dad went over to El Salvador to do business and he met my granddaughter and who's my mum. And yeah, that's how they met. And they, they made the long distance work. I ask about their, their love story all the time because I find it amazing how at times definitely wasn't working, you know, like the long distance was really taking its toll, but they figured it out and now they're happily married. They have been for 25 plus years, I think 27 years. That's amazing. For a long distance relationship to last 25 years and then to settle in one of the bases, who had to sacrifice? Was it your mum or your dad had to sacrifice? I think they both had to, to a certain extent, but I have to give it to my mum. <laughs> like she's, you know, my, my mum is absolutely, she's beautiful. She's stunning. She she had it all, you know, she had it all in El Salvador, you know, popular model, everything like that. Uh, and she left El Salvador, which was her comfort zone. All her family were there to come to Scotland and, and raise a family. So I have to give my mum her due that she uh, she moved from a sunny location in a tropical place and came to Bathgate. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. So from going from siestas, you know, long days of Sanger, it was to Ironbrew and deep fried Mars bars. Oh, That's I wonder exactly what I would it. do. Yeah, and my mum's a bit of like a health freak too. So she, yeah, she she was shocked at like at everything, like the deep fried Mars bars and stuff. Yeah, I don't think she's ever tried one of them actually. Really? Still? Uh, maybe she has, maybe she has. I, I actually quite enjoy them. I quite like them. I'm going to Glasgow in June and the first thing I want to do is try deep fried Mars bars. I'll take, I'll, take you to a de- I'll take you to try a deep fried Mars bar. Let's talk about you at school, Seb. What were you like at school? Having that Spanish and Scottish heritage instilled into you, very different lifestyles from your mum and dad. Who were you at school in terms of your year group? I went to three different schools. So I was always quite small, skinny, really quite ugly, to be honest with you. I started off as a cute kid, hit the ugly phase and then had a bit of a glow up. But, well, I think I've had a glow up, I'm not sure. My childhood was very good. I'm not going to complain about it. I had my own personal issues. Kind of when I was really young, I was always fighting. Not because I was bullying anyone, but I would get picked on and I'd fight, and that was just the way it was. And I think it's partly being Scottish, because I think the culture is, if you've got a problem, fight it out, and then it's solved. The start of my childhood was very much defending myself. You've got to, you know, like I, I was running about, 
running about Bathgate, kind of wild with a group of friends. And that's just the way it was. It was fun. We were, you know, it was a, it was a fun childhood. Get, getting up to no good, you know? I was very easily influenced. And I think that's what made me like quite popular in a sense, right? My mum and dad took the decision to, to move me and get privately educated. Because of the path I was going down, they could see Seb's far too easily influenced. He's always fighting. He's always getting into trouble, blah, blah, blah. So they moved me to the, to the private school and I struggled to bed in at first. You know, it was just a bit, it was kind of a bit of a culture change. But like I said, I, my family are, you know, they're smart. They raised me correctly and they raised well enough to be able to, to adapt to different situations. So yeah, I mean, I bedded into school. Uh, I stopped fighting. <laughs> And yeah, it was fun. I, I never, I never really understood the importance of education. I was always messing around, being the clown in the class, you know. But like I said, I was friends with everyone. Like, there was not a single group in the school that I didn't get on with. I had my best group of friends who I'd play football with every every lunchtime or whatever. But a different class, you'd get because the school was that big. Like you would go for different classes with different people, you know. And uh, yeah, I had friends in every class, like everybody I liked and got on with. So I was lucky in, in the fact that our school was very close with each other. There was no no bullies or that, you know, there was none of that stupid stuff. But anyway, my love life when I was younger, when I was at school was horrendous. I never had any female attention. I was always friend zoned. I was like, always told I was, you know, if I fancied the girl and told her, she'd go, oh, that was cute. And then like, that was it. You know, like there was no like, yeah, there, there was no love love life really at school. And I was really ugly. What did that do to your self-confidence? The fact that you were being attracted to girls and yet you kept getting knocked back. There must have been an insecurity inside you that went, well, okay, I might be an ugly child, your words. Therefore, I shouldn't be loved. And basically, what's the point of me trying? Because I'm not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I, I was very insecure, actually. I would never show it though, because my pride would take over. And I was always, I was very, very insecure about, not about me as a person, but about like my body, for example, like my height. I was always tiny at school and like, very skinny and stuff. So I was insecure in that sense. But when it came to being vocal, I was always making people laugh, always having fun, always smiling. And I built the persona of being that happy person that everyone was like, oh, Seb, like, you're never sad. Like, you're never angry. You're never anything. Like, you're just happy all the time. And I kind of kept that up, you know? And I genuinely, I was happy. I was a right happy kid. But I mean, there was the days where I would be sad or insecure, but I would still have the smile, you know? Which I think a lot of people do, and it can be quite misleading to some people at the same time. A hundred percent. And that also means that, like, you're doing things for everyone else and not a lot for yourself. And so whilst you're making sure everyone else is happy, what are you doing for your own mental health and your own sanity and your own happiness? Uh, well, at the time, I was really into my football. Played for, like, a good, like, pro like pro youth. I grew up in, like, the... the professional youth ladder if you like but I kept getting dropped for being too small I was probably not very good I just didn't fit in with the Scottish way of playing football which is you've got to be big and strong which is funny because I think the Spanish team the Argentina like they're all small guys you know and they're all the best in the world but yeah that's kind of what happened and by that time by the age of 16 I was racing cars which really grew my confidence and I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my godfather because he raced IndyCar and he was the, always there for me racing like my dad was always very supportive and all I wanted to be was a racing driver which thankfully I managed but that was a big part of my life growing up from the age of kind of 16. I call this the vulnerable the vulnerable years right I think 16 to 20 is when your life can either go that way or that way and it's up to you to make sure which path it goes 
so racing kept me clean, kept me away from partying so much. The young kind of what young people, I guess, do, they'll go out, they'll try certain things, all that. So I, that wasn't really part of my life. So house parties and all that, I didn't go to very often. I loved them, but I just never went. But racing kept me sane, but it also helped my confidence as well because. I started getting in the newspapers, interviews, like kids around school, like girls started to maybe talk to me a bit more because they were like, oh, well, he's got a cool job, you know, like he's, he's doing something quite cool. So, so that helped my confidence a lot was racing. That, that was a huge factor to my confidence. But is it quite isolating as well when you're in a car alone and you're going around the track? And I know you've got people in your ear and you've obviously got the pit where you're around people, but in the moment when you're really focused, it is literally just you and the track. Yeah, and that's a very beautiful thing, especially for somebody like me who loves, I, I love attention. I'm going to be honest with you. I love attention. I love people, but I also love being alone. <laughs> There's nothing more isolating than getting the helmet on, strapping up into a race car and going out there yourself, you know? And that's nice because it focuses your mind in it. If you've, if you've got worries and like maybe you'll speak to golfers, boxers, footballers, Although they're playing a group sport, you know, like, you know, if obviously it's football, it's a group sport, they, but they still feel alone. When they're at the top of their game, they still feel like it's just them on the pitch. I was at a party the other day and I was with a group of people and I knew them all, but I wasn't friends with them. And I felt more isolated and lonely being in that group of people than when I am alone. And I thought, why have I just put myself in that? And I turned down a lot of parties as well yeah. um, because I need to know that I've got my group of people, my core people I can be with then I can go off and then come back. And if I haven't got that core group, I'm not going to go to it. And I think it's interesting what you're talking about, the football team, because you would think there's a collectiveness there, but actually we never realise how isolating it can be from either side of I want that isolation or, or I actually don't want to feel like that. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and that's the part that I love about it is that you are alone and you've got that time and it clears your mind. And I understand that your normal life can affect your work life. People always say, don't mix, what is it? Don't mix like life with work or whatever. Like it's whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. And like, it can affect it, but if you're strong enough mentally to block it, then it's such a beautiful thing. It's, I think I use sport as a form of meditation. Going to the gym, racing, even work is a form of meditation. And I've been... I think accused is the wrong word, right? But I've been told that I work too much. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. But I work to forget about problems. You know? That is the way to do it, really, is to have that focus. I think a lot of people would do the same thing. And they just don't realize. It. I mean, most people now work six day weeks and most people work from home so that you are forgetting about your problems and you're kind of hiding away. I know I hide away the whole time. I'm just working from home. So then you get into this TV world. Um, had you ever done been contacted by Love Island before? Because I have to ask, when you're a British person and you're going on a global show, surely Love Island would be the choice of programmes you would be going on. Yeah, of course. Love Island, I think, was one of the first... When I was really young, it was Big Brother. And then later on, I think, when I started looking a bit better, I suppose, it was Love Island. Never... I always got close enough, never quite got there, but, you know, I was always contacted. So I realised that actually... I'd like, I like the idea of television and I felt like my personality was probably quite fitting towards TV. I, I wasn't ever scared to be in groups. I wasn't, I'm never a shy, I'm not shy. You know, I'll go and I'll, I'll talk and I'll talk and I'll talk. And that's been my life growing up, just constantly talking and having a laugh. So I thought, okay, I feel like I could do television, but I never felt like I, I was ever like good looking enough, you know, to actually really get there. I knew I had the personality to get there. <clears throat> I just didn't think I had the looks. And unfortunately, this is like a young person's thing now where they feel like they have to be good looking to do something. But actually, that's not true. Uh, and that's not really what television, I think, is all about. It seems like that on the outside, but really on the inside, it's not. All about personality. Because you see a lot of these good looking people on Love Island, taught to handle, but if they don't have the personality, they don't last very long. Yeah, so you that's true. But... You've also got this idea that now these type of shows like Too Hot to Handle and Love Island are now vehicles to be influencers. A lot, most people, I would say, go on there because they're using it as a business trick to grow their platform, grow their business, and also they just want to make TikToks and be an influencer for brands. And unless you are really good looking or you are plus size and you're fitting that market, hmm. you're not going to get that influencer job because you're just an everyday person. So yes, you might have the personality, but if you don't aesthetically have that look of being really big or really small, you're not yeah. going to get those brand deals. And that's why people wouldn't go on those shows, surely. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I agree with that. But I also think because you, because you want to do something doesn't mean you're entitled to it. Mm. You know, and th this is, I've faced this a lot in my life. I wanted to be a footballer. I wasn't good enough. You know, people want to be on TV, but they don't have a personality. It's like, and they blame, people try and blame systems too much, right? There's no system to it. It's, if everyone was good at everything, then nobody would be special or nobody would stand out more than others, you know? And it's, 
kind of got to be careful what I say, obviously, but, you know, if you've not got personality or you've not quite got, you know what, TV isn't even about looks now because there's shows for everything now these days, you know. But, yeah, if you've not got personality or if you've not got anything that stands out in particular to your employer, because at the end of the day, when you're on TV, you've still got an employer. So you've got to impress your employer. And I feel like it's not for everybody. There's a lot of people that I know who have gone on television thinking that, okay, that's them set. They realise it's really not for them. Uh, and it can affect their mental health a lot. Some people don't like the pressure of being constantly in the spotlight, which, by the way, is amazing. But it can be tough. I can see why people stress about it. People do. And we've seen many documentaries now about the after effects of Love Island, for example. And obviously, the duty of care every single year gets stepped up year after year after year. But mm. the show, like Too Hot to Handle, the great thing is, is that it's all about those workshops for me. I see it as an educational tool. So yes, you've got the sex. Yes, you've got Lana, all that stuff. But for me, it's the workshops. And that's actually where your mental health is improving because mm. you're reflecting on yourself and who you want to be once you leave the experiment or the retreat, whatever you want to call it. There's something that you can take away that isn't just another person or some money. It's the mental aspect of it. So let's talk about those workshops. What did you learn about yourself through those? So I genuinely had a journey and I was fully sometimes in an uncomfortable situation, but I was constantly in my comfort zone, you know? But at certain times I would be in an uncomfortable situation. And the fact that I was in my comfort zone for the majority of it, I think is the reason I've done so well, because I never had to put on an act. I never had to do something I didn't want to do. Everything I'd done was purely me. A lot of people say this on TV, I wasn't produced. It was all me. So I had a great, great journey and I allowed myself to open up at first I never opened up about any emotions, feelings, nothing. And I'm not that type of person. I'll, I'll deal with my problems internally and I'll fix them to the best I possibly can. And so far, so good, you know, but the workshops taught me that it's actually okay to open up. And what I really learned was if you've got the right person next to you, opening up isn't as scary as it previously has been or what you've believed it to be. So what I learned from the workshops is just don't bottle up a lot of feelings. Let your feelings known. And people who have been there already or people who deal with it better than I do, for example, can help you. And Nick was a huge part of that. Kayla was a huge part of that. Creed and everybody, everybody in that retreat had their part to play in my experience in a positive way. I didn't experience negativity really apart from when I broke rules and, and got shouted at by a few people. But that's part of the journey. You know, I, I found that funny. It was fun. Well, that's the thing. And also, when you think of a friend, there's a famous saying that if you can make up one hand of friends, you're a very lucky person because every single finger as a friend brings out a different personality for you and a different version of you. So you've mentioned Nick, Creed and Kayla. What do they give you? What are those personality traits, those character traits that you gain from them and, and yeah. those different versions of you that exist? So previously I was a, like very, I had barriers. A lot of barriers were, were around me constantly because of, because of the insecurities as a kid. Uh, when I get sad, I can get really sad. So I thought it's better to just have barriers up, never get sad. <laughs> Any problems that came were just brushed straight under the carpet and eventually they would bottle up and pop and come out and whatnot. And I'd look at things in such a, a shallow way that I could never fully emotionally involve myself. 
with people or things. And what Nick taught me was how to look at certain situations in a much deeper light. And that really helped me grow closer to Kayla. Kayla taught me that I can open up because she's going to be there to listen and support it. And Creed taught me what proper friendship is like as well, you know? Because Creed and I had a proper laugh because we were always having a laugh. And like, it's funny because you grow so close to people and in the grand scheme of things, you don't actually know them, but you're close to them. It's a really funny experience what I went through, but how everybody had their part to play. But certainly when it came to depth, Nick and Kayla were, were there. So a year later, since you filmed the show, have you noticed that change as you've left the bubble, you've left that way of life, you've come back to the UK, you've got on with life as it is. Obviously, you're still with Kayla now, so we'll leave her to the side for a sec. But with Nick and Creed, those versions of you that came out there, have you noticed you using it in everyday life again? Not so much as I did. I feel like at one point during that year, I potentially went back to my old ways in, in terms of emotion. I know that I can do it, and I know it's maybe not as scary but you know what well, that's a very good question man that's a really good question i i i feel like i'm somewhere in between again i i'm not the way i was and i'm not quite like how i was on the on the show because i remember on the show you're, you're in a bubble you're in a comfort zone as well because there's no outside world you know there's no bad things that can happen yeah you're in a retreat full of people that you actually grow to love so it was great the outside big bad world sometimes aren't so accepting to listening to you and you can't really trust because in, in the retreat, you're in a bubble, you, you say something to somebody, it can only stick between those people, it can't go out. But I think in the, in the real world, you can open up to people and it can sometimes bite you. What's the root of all this? Where's the catalyst for this is where all that emotion of being really sad and that other version of you comes from? Because there must be that trigger for you that comes out, it gets unleashed and that's where all the good work you do makes you go backwards. I try not to think about this so so much because um, I don't want to sadden myself or scare myself. So this is probably the first time that I'm ever kind of dipping my toe in the water to speaking more openly about emotions and inner feelings. But I think where it comes from, I, mean, I should speak to somebody professionally and really dig deep into me as a person because I know there's underlying stuff. I just haven't pinpointed what it is or where it's come from. But I think where it's come from is the vulnerability aspect of I was kind of teased a little bit at school because of the way I looked I was told that I wasn't good enough because of my physical build-up so my only option to keep myself not looking weak was emotion does this make sense 100% mate. the only thing that didn't feel weak was my was my head and this is weird man I feel like I'm starting to come through to maybe what my, my issues have been but the only thing that I felt was strong enough was my head and that's where I kept it but I never wanted to open up about sadness or feelings because I felt like that would be another weakness that people could point out so the fact that everyone said oh you're always happy to me that was them saying you've got a strong head nothing affects you that to me is them saying you've you're mentally tough so that was one thing that I felt finally I'm strong enough about something I'm not weak. Happiness isn't ugly. You know, happiness is a beautiful thing. So I felt the only thing that was beautiful about myself, the only thing that was strong about myself was my head. And I think I've I kept that. Even in times when I didn't want to keep it, I kept that. And I think that's why I got myself into a hole where I was like, right, well, I can't be sad. And I have to always be positive because that's the strength that I've got. And I don't want to show my, any chinks in the armour. Well, can I tell you something, my friend? You are a global star, right? 700,000 followers on Instagram and TikTok. Five million views of people looking at those hashtags for Seb Melrose. You were the star of this year's show. You won the show. Look, you came out of the girlfriend with Kayla. 
You won mm. the show in the fact of you had the, as much screen time, you broke the walls, you were brilliant, you were Jack the Lad. You did everything right. And I think, I and I hope that now is a time that you can look back at that school kid view and go, I had to go through that because I wouldn't be the man that I am today. And your dad and your godfather, everyone around you would be so proud to see what you came from that version. Because if everything was good in your childhood, then how could you be this star that you are today? There was nothing to work with. You're right. And I'm so grateful for the tough times because I feel like I've always viewed my life as a movie. I've viewed my life as a story. I'd love to write a book one day. And I'm so grateful for the tough times and the flaws because I feel that only makes your story better. People don't want to know about success and how everything's always been perfect in your life because 99% of people have not had a perfect life. Maybe more than that, maybe 99.9. I've not had a perfect life or they've always gone through things that are tough. And I, I love the fact that I've got things in my life that I've struggled with and I've had humps and bumps and everything like that because that only makes the success sweeter. And I, I've got a long journey ahead of me. I know that. I've not, I've not made it. I've not... I don't know if I ever will feel like I've fully made it. And I, that's another issue that I've got is that I'm always striving for the next thing, the next win, if you like. I, I'm, I'm very focused on winning constantly. But I love the fact that I've had things in my life that have strengthened me without maybe even realising it. And that's exactly what I want to do on this podcast. And that's always been my mission over the past three years. And that's why I wanted to get you on set because we've heard the other version of you. But this is the version of you that people want to hear. This is the version of you, the real you, that you don't get to showcase on social media because it has to all be positive. I can't thank you enough, Seb, for speaking to me on Skidding Scope. Seb, please do go and follow him at Seb Melrose. Continue watching his journey. If you love to watch a handle, it's on Netflix now. Go and watch all the episodes. If you love it even more so, Sophie Stonehouse was a guest on the podcast last week, so go and check that out. And if you enjoyed Security and School, please do go and rate the podcast, like it, review it, share it with your friends at Seb Melrose, at Security and Secure Podcast, at Johnny Seifert. Tag us all in. Tell us what you've learned because there are so many lessons, so many messages that you've got from Seb in this episode that I really hope you've been inspired and reflected on your own journey as well. You've been listening to Security and School with me, Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.